What is up, Sports Friends of Universe? It is me, Freddie Aloso, letting you guys know tonight's episode is brought to you by Marked Out at the Meadowlands, which is a pro wrestling fan convention that features football meets pro wrestling with various professional wrestling greats, Hall of Famers, all-time legends, and dual sport athletes. This convention is Sunday, April 7th, 2019 at 10 a.m. It is two miles away from MetLife Stadium, so you guys can go check out this event and then head right over to WrestleMania. The main headliner of this event is good old JR, the best professional wrestling and sports entertainment commentator of all times. There's a special package. The super ticket, this super ticket lineup consists of Hall of Famer Tully Blanchard. We also have Dan Hansen, Tito Santana, Butch Reed, Danny Spivey, we also have second-generation Polish superstar Scott Putsky also appearing. Bob Roop, Scott Casey, and also vendor guests scheduled to appear will be WWE's FBI, Chuck Palumbo, John Stamboli, and Nunzio. Together for the first time in 10 years, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the Tonga Kid, Billy Jack Hayes, the franchise, Shane Douglas, Jerry Lynn, Bill Apter, L.A. Smooth, Val Venus, J.J. Dillon, Terry Runnels, WWE's Hall of Famer, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Andrew Anderson, and many, many more. So check it out, guys. April 7th, 10 a.m. at the Meadowlands Plaza Hotel. Go online and get your tickets today. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. Special edition interview with me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, Anthony the Encyclopedia. And gentlemen, forget about it. Anthony, we got a very special guest tonight. Take it away. All right. Thanks, Freddie. Uh, first off, I want to thank Stevie G, who arranged this for us. Uh, we also like to thank Mark Out at the Meadowlands for helping us bring this person on. This is, this is really exciting for us. Uh, we have former two-time ECW Tag Team Champion, former two-time Cruiserweight Champion. We have Nunzio, or Little Guido, depending on which way you prefer him with us. Uh, Guido, thank you for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. We thank you for coming on. So, to the fans, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little how you got started in the business. I started, uh, I, I wrestled in high school. I started up in, um, and I guess it started wrestling school in 1990 up in uh, ECPW. Like everybody, I was a longtime wrestling fan. I used to go to Madison Square Garden when I was a kid with my parents, used to take me there. And I always wanted to be a wrestler. So, um, when I was up in when I was in high school, I went to Stroudsburg Wrestling Camp. I was captain of wrestling team, and when I was going to this camp in the summer, getting ready for the next school year, let me see you here. Uh, one of the coaches up there was a professional wrestler, and a lot of the kid guys in school always knew that you know I was a, a huge wrestling fan, and he was um, a coach up there, and not in my dorm, in the dorm next to mine. So one of my friends came to me and they said, "Listen, there's one of these guys is a pro wrestler. He used to wrestle as the executioner." So I'm like, "Really?" Not knowing at the time, I didn't realize now I understand there's 82,000 executioners. I thought it was the only one that I knew of that, you know, 
not knowing they put anybody under the hood. Um, so I went to the floor and I started talking to the guy and everything. And, you know, I'm like, I want to be a wrestler. And back then it's a lot different. You actually have to meet somebody. Nowadays you can go on the internet and push a button. You got 82,000 schools that pop up, you know? So, um, this guy gave me his phone number and he told me when I graduate school, uh, high school to, uh, to give him a call and, um, he'll introduce me to a wrestling school. And that school he was talking about was, uh, run by Gino Caruso and Rocky Jones. And it was East coast professional wrestling, ECPW in Port Sippany, New Jersey. And uh, sure enough, when I graduated high school, I gave him a call, and um, he sent me up to the school and introduced me to, to Kodiak Bear and Gito Caruso and Rocky Jones, and then uh, I started training up there. So you mentioned East Coast Pro Wrestling. I know my brother and I actually saw a show there up in Suffern one time. Um, how were you around before you ended up in ECW, and then how did you end up in ECW? So when I started training at the school... Um, that, that was in 1990. I, I was just training up there, and then we're doing like small independent shows. I was doing small independent shows, and what happened was before I even went to ECW, uh, Gino used to run his own shows. Well, he wasn't. He used to run his shows at at the school, but and actually at that time it wasn't called ECPW. It was just a wrestling school that came up years later. Him getting the initials, and he gets Adrenaline TV, and Gino runs around 60 shows a year. I'm actually wrestling for him WrestleMania weekend too. I believe on that on that Friday. He's running a show. So what happened was I was doing independent shows for like the Savoldis. I don't know if you know who that is. Tommy D. You know, just working around. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody called the school from Nashville. And they were looking for guys to come out for a tryout to go to Japan and wrestle for UWFI. So um, they told me about it. So I contacted these people and they flew me out to Nashville and they wanted to see, you know, see how I wrestle and stuff. So I went out to Nashville and... Um, I got a, a, a training, um, like a camp. It was a camp. It was for shoot wrestling. So it wasn't really like professional. It was professional wrestling in Japan, but it wasn't like American style. It was like UWF style. So um, I, I did a, um, a camp out there for about two weeks. And um, that in me had 15 people. I'm the only one that they kept. And um, they, I went home. They called me a week later. They told me they want me to, they're gonna, they want to move me to Nashville um, and live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to train there and then they're going to send me to japan every month to do to do like ufc style wrestling but so if you google uwfi you'll see what i'm talking about i wrestled there as james stone so that's um all those matches come up on youtube now but they you got to use the name james stone okay. and i did that for three years and then when i was done with that uh they closed down in like 1994 1995 and when, when i came home from there i was friends i knew chino i mean i knew tommy dreamer and taz and them guys from doing independent shows before I went to Japan. And so as soon as I came home from Japan, I went to go work for Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico. And I saw Pablo Marquez. I don't know if you know who that is. And um, he was telling me about ECW. And he's like, yeah, it's a a dreamer. And Taz, they, they run it. And I said, oh, tell those guys. I said, hello. I said, I'm, I know them a long time. Though. I said, all right, I'm back from Japan. So we went back, we went back to work for Carlos. And so I told him that. So we went home after the shows. I went back about a month later. And I saw Pablo again, and he's like, oh, I told Dreamer Taz, you said, well, they want me, to, they want you to call them. They want to talk to you. So when I got back from Puerto Rico, I went and I called up Dreamer. He had me go down to Los Battalion Hall. He introduced me to Paulie, and um, that's basically how it happened. That's how I got into ECW. And then I started working at ECW as Damian Stone for like probably two, three months. And then um, 
And as we were doing that, Paulie was always like, oh, you remind me of a Joe Pesci type of guy, you know? He's like, I want you to do this gimmick where you're small, but you're a big mouth and you're not afraid of nothing. And he wasn't giving me a name yet. And then, uh, so I was doing that for a couple of months and all of a sudden I walked in to the show one time. He's like, well, you're going to introduce you tonight with J.T. Smith as Little Guido. Uh, and we did, uh, I did a TV tape and that was the same night, uh, and you could watch this, that was the same night they introduced Devon Dudley. And it was me and JT out there, and Devon Dudley came out and beat the shit out of us with chairs. That, that, that was uh, that was my uh, beginning of my ECW days. It was a TV tape in Lost Battalion Hall. The most memorable times for you down there in ECW? Well, all, all those are memorable times. This was my first time ever being on TV. It was my first time getting a tape. Well, I mean, that's actually wrong. I was on TV in Japan, but nobody ever, like, once I come to the United States back to Nashville, nobody knew who you were. You know, in Japan, everybody knew who you were. So when, when with ECW, you know, I was very, very young, and I was happy to get the opportunity. And it was the first time I was actually getting used to being in my home 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 area. You know, people recognize you from ECW when I mean it was on a small channel. So once in a while, when it would happen, you know, um, and and I that's really where I got my start in, in the states, and it's just. You know, I had a lot of memorable moments. You know, you can't just give one. You know, people always say that. What's your favorite match? I don't have a favorite match. You know, but I love my I love my different versions of the FBI. And I loved having JT Smith. You know, and then when JT he actually quit, uh, they brought in Tom, uh, Tommy Rich and Tracy Smothers, and then we had that 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 group of the FBI, and then um, and then those guys left, and uh, he brought in um, Tony Mom Luke and Big Sal, and that was towards the end. There was only about another year left of ECW, and I had that version. So I, I had a lot of good memorable moments, you know. But I just loved all the different versions of, of uh, the FBI. And then when I went to WWE, it was another version. It was a WWE version of the FBI, which was with me, Chuck, and Johnny, which we're going to be doing that at WrestleMania. We're doing an autograph signing. This is the first time the three of us are actually back together doing a signing. I have a cold, so I'm losing my voice. Sorry. It's all right. So I know you two-time ECW tag team champion. Um, who who did you prefer to team in, team up with? Was it Tracy Smothers? Was it Tony Mamaluke? Uh, was it somebody on the WWE side like like uh, Vito or or uh, one of those other guys that you teamed well, up with? The, yeah, after Chuck and Johnny, uh, after we split up, they brought Vito back and they put Vito with me. So I was doing a cruiserweight thing, but I had a manager. And he was my manager. I got to be honest. I mean, it was different when it was me, Tracy, and Tommy. You know, we were more of a comical group, and I learned a lot from those guys, like the old Southern style of working. You know, so I mean, it's I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite one. I like them all because they all were different. Then when I went with uh, with Big Sal, I did more of a serious wrestle. I was doing a lot of single stuff, and he was my manager. You know, so it was kind of like I, that's when I got a chance to work with Super Crazy, uh, Tajiri. Who actually I just was with past weekend in Canada. I haven't seen the Jimmy in a long time. He was at the shows that worked this past weekend. Nice. Um, so I got to, you know, got got a chance to wrestle Hooventube and, and all them guys. So, you know, I think the different ver- I don't think I have a favorite version. You know, I, I love working them all and it was just different different times in my career and different you know, I got a singles push with Big Sal, you know, and, and well I wouldn't say push push, but you know, good run that was on a good amount of time. You know, then um, it was fun working a tag team, you know, obviously with Tracy and Tommy, which, you know, Tommy was mostly the manager. So, mm-hmm. so you know, there was a lot of, uh, I couldn't say one, I didn't have a favorite. I kind of liked them all. Nice. 
So how much different was it for you having to adapt, like especially in the cruiserweight division, going up with the uh, some of the Mexican wrestlers and then Tajiri, who's got more of a harder Japanese style? How was that uh, adjustment for you? Well, the, the Japanese style was an adjustment because I wrestled in Japan for three years before that. So I was used to working with the, the the language barrier, working with Japanese guys before that. So that wasn't hard. I think by me doing that actually made it easy for me to deal with 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 um, going over matches with super crazy. Because you know, even though you guys don't speak the language, we don't speak the language. You could speak the wrestling language, so you you could just do certain things, and and they know what you're talking about without actually saying it. You know, it's hard to explain what I'm talking about. You know, and then and as time goes on, those guys got got better with English too, you know? So, and then, um, you know, I was just, I was very lucky. I was able to adapt to, to all different styles. You know, you got American style, Japanese style. I was able to adapt to that, learning that when I went to Japan. And then went to Jiri, and I, I wrestled psychosis, Tajiri, who and two, you know, Damien six, 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 you know, I wrestled all those guys and, you know, just able to, to, to learn their style. It's, it's just a little different. You know, but you know, certain things follow certain things differently. But you know, that, that's that's what you know made me a little more valuable, I guess. You know, being able to adapt because some guys can't. You know, some guys just can't do it. You know, nothing wrong with it, but they just can't. You know, so so I, I was lucky. I, I was able to adapt. I didn't find that hard. Cool. So um, when you so you're wrestling in ECW, and you, we know how passionate those fans were. I know my, uh, all of us at some point were in one of those crazy crowds. So what was your, what was going through your head the first time you heard that "Where's my pizza?" chant? Well, that that yeah, that, the, that came from when we were wrestling in Boston. We were doing promos one night at the uh, the Dog Pound Wonderland Racetrack. It was called. We were doing a TV taping up there, and they had a a pizzeria. Before I was when I was in school, high school, middle school, I used to make pizzas. I knew how to make pizza. Still do, you don't forget. So I worked at a pizzeria for many years before I wrestled, making pizzas. So I was making, so we did a, a, um, a promo that aired on TV. It's out there somewhere, if you can see it. Um, probably on the network, obviously, one of, one of the ECW episodes. And I was making a pizza, and Tracy and Tommy were there, and it was a comical, you know, comical situation. And I threw the pizza up in the air, and it never came down. So right after that aired on TV, that promo, when I started going to shows, that's where that promo came from. That's where the people started, where's my pizza? Because when I made a pizza, threw it up in the air, it never came down. And that's kind of how the uh, the promo ended. And then we did another promo where the pizza came down and like landed on Tracy's head. But that's where that promo came from. And those fans, those fans were great. You know, I mean, just the whole thing is, you know, if you did something wrong, they let you know about it. If you did something right, they let you know about it. You know, and, and it, was a, it was a small knit. They were right on top of you because most of the buildings you ran were like, you know, like the Elks Lodge and stuff like that, the arena. You know, they, they were not, I wouldn't say big buildings, but they weren't small buildings. You know, they fit a few thousand people. So, but, um, yeah, the fans, ECW, the fans made ECW what it was. It, it was the whole thing of involving those guys. And Paulie wanted us to involve them. That's why in the early, early days, we used to use their weapons. We used to take the weapons from them and, and, the, and the pies and all that stuff. But then as time went on, they started pissing in the pies and shit in the pies and, putting thumbtacks in the frying pans. So then eventually we had to stop doing that because we ended up killing each other. The fans were that one. The fans were that one. So speaking of those fans, so what was it like for you when the WWE 
brought back ECW first with the one night stand, one night only show in 2005, and then following it up with kind of a reboot of ECW with the one night stand 2006. What was that like to be back in front of that crowd after all that time? Well, the, the first one was great because we went back to the Hammerstein ballroom and it, it was like we never left. You know, fans were exactly the same. It was sold out. Um, you know, got a chance for me to see a lot of the guys that didn't have jobs. I mean, and then they decided, then that went so well, obviously, they decided to bring ECW back, which at the time was good for me because that was like in 2006. And I got to WWE in 2002. And I was kind of running my course. You know, I, I did... I did this, the, the, um, you know, I did the FBI thing for a few years, and then I, I went on my own and started working with the cruiserweights. But at that time too, they weren't putting that much time into the cruiserweights like they do it now, you know. But so, and that kind of ran its course. So they were, it was getting my stuff was getting stale, like stale, and they weren't using me as much. So by them bringing back the, the ECW, gave us all new life again. Gave a lot of a lot of the guys that weren't in ECW, like Hard Holly and them guys. It gave them the chance to be top guys in in the because um, when when we were there, you know, when you're in WWE, it's hard because you know you got your Steve Austin's and everything. So that there was a lot of guys that deserved the spot. Then were put in like Test. I think the top guys for ECW was Hardcore Holly, Test, and then they brought back a lot of the old ECW guys. So you know, it was actually I'm, it's sad that it didn't actually work out. You know, a lot of it had to do with behind the scenes, uh, Paulie's vision of what he wanted and Dreamer and the way Vince does things. And, you know, in the beginning, it's supposed to just be Paul Lee and his vision and all old, old ECW-like stuff. But then once it got rolling, it, it really didn't work out like that. And there was a lot of frustration and a lot of frustration between a lot of the tension between Vince and, and, and Paul Lee. And, you know, until that one December to dismember and that pay-per-view sucked. And, um, you know, that night, Paul Lee quit, and that was it. All right, so we do we do one quick little segment here to we, we throw you a couple quick questions just to help the fans get to know you a little more this quick little question thing what's one of your favorite movies of all time i love the rockies love the rockies love first blood one of my favorite movies you, you just want one or no no no. up to you however many well, that's it love 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 the rockies uh i love i like scary movies believe it or not I like those those thriller that I don't like Friday the Thirteenth because those are not scary to me. I like the ones where like somebody kills one or two people and you know it's a little scary, but you got and you got to try to figure out who the killer is. Friday the Thirteenth, some schmuck just walks around with a mask and stabs everybody. <laughs> but that, I don't consider that a I don't consider that Halloween. Those are not scary movies to me. So, so uh, following up on on your love for the Rocky movies. I'm one of the few people that doesn't have a major problem with Rocky Five. Am I still alone in that in that room, or are you joining me there? Um, let's see, Rocky Five was that the one where uh, when Adrian died? Uh, that was the one with to- uh, Tommy Gunn when Rocky was. Oh retired. yeah, yeah, that one. Oh no, you know what? I I hated that one. That <laughs> one was the worst. I wasn't sure that was number five. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I I was just talking about that the other day. That was just the worst one that he ever made. And I, I still stand by that. I love three. I love two. I, I tell you, I loved Rocky Balboa. That I thought that one. was great when 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 Adrian died. That was that was one of my favorites. And me, and my wife, and my son, we just went to see uh, the second Creed. I saw both of them, but the second one was very good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I guess I'm with everybody else on that. 
not happy with the one with Tommy Gunn was in. <laughs> all right, I'm still all alone there. That's cool. Uh, so, still alone. favorite TV show that you uh, maybe it's something you like to binge watch, or just something you have to catch every week religiously, or just something you enjoyed as, as a kid and you still got to go back and watch it. Well, I love. Um, well, right now I'm always watching Forensic Files. I like Forensic Files. I like Forty Eight Hours. Again, going back to somebody kills. Those are real life things, though. You know, and then they, they got to investigate and try to find the person. Um, I just got done watching the Jeffersons. I used to love when I was a kid, the Jeffersons, all in the family. And now you can watch a lot of those shows. Three's Company. All those, those are my family ties. I used to love all those shows. Those, those are the shows I watch. And I still watch them because they're still on. Yeah, and it, it's amazing because probably in today's PC environment, those shows probably would never even get released. So it's great that we could still go back and reminisce about about that great TV. Well, especially all in the family. Some of the shit that they said then, I was just like, wow. (laughs) I was watching a replay of um, The Family Feud when, uh, who's that guy, Richard Dawson? Yeah. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, he kisses every single girl on the lips and holds her hands. I'm like, how did he get away with that for many years? Seriously. And I used to watch that when I was a kid, and I, I never really noticed it. When I watch it here, I'm like, every one of them on the list, I would be like, dude, don't kiss my fucking wife. I would smack them. Exactly. Yeah, I used to think. When I was watching it the other day, I'm like, holy cow, is he kissing every single one? And got away with it. Yeah, without a problem. It was just normal. No, I I know. It was normal then. You can't do that now. Now you can't even hold the hand. No. You're getting sued. Favorite musician. Favorite musician. I love the Beatles. I love Skinner. Say Ozzy Osbourne. I got I, I, one of my favorite favorites is Billy Joel, and I just uh, me and my wife just went to see him in the garden last year. So he's he's kicking ass still. So, so um, and this is actually, I, I'm I'm curious about your answer to this one. So, what's your like favorite sport to watch? Uh, team sport or individual sport? When I was a kid, I used to love football. I still watch football. Like my son's a huge football fan, and my wife. So um, every Sunday we usually go out, go to bars, and have some wings and drink and watch watch football. But now, as I got older, I kind of got away from it. But um, my wife's a huge Ranger fan too, so every year we go to see the Rangers. So I would say between both of them, would be I, I hate baseball. Baseball sucks. It's boring to watch. I hate it. So I would say uh, football and hockey. I would say. Okay, but and I'm the not re- a crazy diehard. That's all good. Um, And the reason why I ask that question, um, and I doubt you would remember this, but I actually saw you and said hi to you at Red Bull Arena for a New York Red Bulls game. I'm actually a season ticket holder, so I was curious if soccer was one of your one of your sports too. Well, you know, know, I didn't I didn't mention soccer. No, I went to see the Red Bulls because of my son. My son played uh, soccer for like seven years, and uh, now he's in seven. Well, now he's in ninth grade. When he became into seventh grade, he um. Um, he started playing football, but besides that, he played soccer all the time. So I do like soccer, so I would take him to, that's why we went there. We took, we went to take him there. Um, but and then, you know, because he was playing soccer at that time, so we went to see the Red Bulls. Yeah, that was, that was probably about three years ago, right? Four years ago? Yeah, yeah, I think you were online to buy some food, and I said, hey, Nunzio, and you said, hey, what's up, man? And I didn't, I figured you were with your family, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt too much, but it was. Thanks for thanks for saying hi back. <laughs> no problem. 
Yeah, but I do like soccer. I didn't mention it, but you know, I do like soccer too. It doesn't have to be one, but uh, some of the best opponents you've gone against or wrestled anywhere in the world. Well, I would say um, I love my matches with Tajiri and Super Crazy. Um, did a I did a few months straight with RV Day, and we actually had a match that, that a couple of them that aired on TV. One of them came from Chicago for Hardcore TV. So I would say RV Day, but the only thing with him was he was hard hitting and painful, but well worth it. And when I say painful, not not that he's stiff, but just the stuff he does is stiff. You know, you know the Van Damme with the chair to your face. I mean, you know, um, in WWE, I actually I liked working uh, Jamie Noble. I had a couple of good matches with him. He, he was a lot of fun. Um, in WWE, I love my stuff with the Undertaker. Now that's only because who he, it's him. It's not like I had barn burners with the guy because the matches only last five six minutes. But just to be in the ring with him uh, multiple different multiple times, you know, and doing I did a tag match. It was me, Chuck, and Johnny versus um, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, and The Undertaker at Garden that was on TV. So like those are those are favorite too. But I mean they weren't you know like I said they're not. Like ten star matches, but it was just great to be in the ring with those guys, you know. So I would say them guys. Dream match. If you could have a dream match with anybody, any era, you and your prime, who would it be? Well, I have, as far as the guys that I grew up watching, I was lucky enough to go wrestle a lot of the money independence because what's just like now when you leave WWE, you go back to the independence. When I started the independence in the early nineties, I would always see guys that I grew up watching. And I was starstruck by these guys. I would see Tony Atlas, I'd see Tito Santana, I'd see Jimmy Snuka, I'd see Greg Valentine, Brutus Beefcake. Not all in one night. As you were working these shows, they would always be like the headliner guy. You know, and I, and I was lucky enough to actually be, to get to wrestle all of them. You know, um, now, you know, with the current roster, I mean, I, I wrestled a lot of people. I don't know who... You know, even some of the guys that are in, in WWE now, like AJ Styles and stuff, I've wrestled those guys on the independency. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I don't know. That would be a rough one. I would like to wrestle Tony Nice, Nice. That nice. would be a dream match. No, that that would be awesome. And I know he's he's doing pretty well. Number one contender for the Cruiserweight title in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm happy for him. He's a good guy. Yeah, I got, I got I had the pleasure of seeing him at a couple of House of Hardcore shows. Uh, I think actually you were on one of them, and he he really he really can go. Uh, spe- speaking of uh, WrestleMania, actually, what was it like competing at WrestleMania 20 at Madison Square Garden? Well, that was and when you want to say what was the highlight of your career. I have to say that was one of them, only because, like I said, I was a lifelong fan. I was me. My father brought me, my brother, to the first uh, WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden. So whoever knew I wasn't 20, whoever knew 20 years later that my father and mother would have both been there watching me wrestle in WrestleMania 20, even though it wasn't a singles match, you know, it was like 12 of us in the match. We each got like three minutes in the ring, but it's the point, you know, a lot of guys wrestled for WWE and never could say they wrestled in WrestleMania. You know, I, I was involved in, in, I was there for, you know, nine years. So I was at every one, but at least I was involved in two of them. The other one I did was in Ford Field. Uh, that's I was a lumberjack when um, it was Eddie Guerrero. It was Eddie Guerrero versus Ric Flair, and I was one of the lumberjacks. And it was a pre pre show match. It wasn't on the pay per view, but I still got a chance to go out there in front of eighty thousand people. You know, which was which was good. But 
yeah, that was definitely a big deal for me for the rest WrestleMania 20, just because of the whole thing. I went to, I've been to Madison as a kid to watch hockey and football and everything, monster trucks. Then you get a chance to wrestle there, you know. And I wrestled there 50 times, but WrestleMania was WrestleMania, you know. So um, we know you're showing you're going to be at Mark out at the Meadowlands. Uh, first time that you're going to be appearing with Chuck and Johnny since since the WWE days. Uh, so. Uh, everyone will get a chance to meet you there. Uh, is there anything you want to tell? Uh, you want to plug any shows you're coming up on? Maybe you have your own podcast or something else. Yeah, well, I have um, doing Blitzkrieg, Blitzkrieg Wrestling this Saturday. Uh, that's coming up in um, in Connecticut. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to follow me or you guys want to follow me, I'm on the, I'm on Instagram as uh, Nunzio underscore Guido. Well, it could be the other way around. Guido underscore Nunzio, and it's the same thing on Twitter. And then, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a huge social media guy, but I, I, I put my posters out there, and I tweet different things that are happening. Uh, if you follow me, you'll see me and Tajiri and Mikey Whitwreck uh, this, from this past weekend uh, in Canada. We were on the shows together. So, so uh, yeah, if anybody wants to follow, you know, you can follow me that way. And um, that's it. I'll be there for WrestleMania weekend. Looking forward to it. We want to thank you again for your time, taking your uh, your time out of your schedule to come on the show, and um, we hope everybody yeah, wants to follow you. Yep. Well, thank you so much, and uh, right. good luck to you with your your shows. And maybe we'll see, maybe we'll get a chance to see you mark out at the Meadowlands. And if there's anyone interested in meeting Nunzio, uh, and we'll run down some of the other people when we wrap up here, uh, definitely check it out. All right, guys, thank you for having me. Take care. Thank- Thank you. Take uh, care. Thank you, man. So, so we again uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview. It was great to have Nunzio, Little Guido, with us. Uh, we'd like to thank the two man power trip of wrestling podcast and Captain's Corner who are presenting Mark Out at the Meadowlands. So, for those of you that are that want to know more about it, it's a professional wrestling fan convention that features a fo- football and pro wrestling theme. Uh, they got a great lineup of people here, folks, and it's before WrestleMania. So if you're coming to WrestleMania, come down a little bit early. Starts at 10 o'clock. It's at the Meadowlands Plaza Hotel. Goes to 2 o'clock, and it's less than two miles from MetLife Stadium. Check out this guest list they're going to have. WWE Hall of Famer, good old JR Jim Ross will be there. He'll be taking pictures, signing autographs, and he's going to have products from his barbecue line i personally have his barbecue sauce i love it i love using it so definitely recommend that you buy that uh also appearing former horseman member tully blanchard we also have wrestling legend wwe hall of famer the man behind the lariat stan hansen we have also a hall of famer a legend in the wrestling world was at the very first WrestleMania. Actually competed at the first eight WrestleManias and in a dark match of WrestleMania 9. I know my brother Stevie G and I got the chance to meet him. Tito Santana. We have former WCW World Tag Team Champions. One half of Doom. The natural Butch Reed. We also have a participant for WrestleMania 2. Uh, he was also in the mid W, uh, he was in with the WWF uh, back in 1995. We have Dangerous Danny Spivey, uh, also known as Waylon Mercy. Uh, we also have appearing at the show Polish Power Scott Putski. And in addition to that, we have Cowboy Scott Casey. We have 
depending on how, how you prefer her, former Impact Women's Champion Sienna, a.k.a. Allison Kay. Uh, the Berserker, John Nord, uh, for those of you that might not remember him, I was just watching on the WWE Network. If you check out WWF Superstars, they just recently posted the episode where the Berserker actually tried to decapitate the Undertaker with a sword. And then Vendor Glass in- include uh, the guest we just spoke with, Nunzio. Uh, he'll be actually taking photos and autographs with Chuck Palumbo and Johnny Stamboli, the, one of the WWE's versions of the FBI. Also appearing there, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I had the chance to meet him several years ago. He's definitely a nice guy to meet in person. Uh, we have the Tonga Kid. Billy Jack Haynes, who you might remember from WrestleMania three and the full Nelson battle with Hercules. Uh, we have former ECW champion, the franchise, Shane Douglas. Also former ECW champion, former WWE cruiserweight champion. The whole, the new fucking show, Jerry Lynn. Uh, Bill Apter from the magazine world, uh, L.A. Smooth. We have former Intercontinental and European champion, the big Val Boski, Val Beat Venus. Also former Four Horsemen manager, WWE Hall of Famer, J.J. Dillon. Uh, we also have Terry Reynolds. Uh, some of you might remember her as Marlena. Uh, she was also part of the faction PMS. And we also appearing at this mark out at the Meadowlands event, Greg the Hammer Valentine, former Intercontinental and Tag Team Champion and Hall of Famer. So definitely check out that show, inexpensive, down the street from WrestleMania. Uh, we'd like to, again, thank the people at Mark Out at the Meadowlands for hooking us up with Nunzio. And again, thank you to Nunzio for joining us. Uh, Freddie, anything else you want to add? Guys, go check out the show. It's going to be great. Star-studded lineup. Right before WrestleMania, so you can get a little fixed in with some autographs before you guys head over to the parking lot to get into the show. Thank you, Mark, out at the Meadowlands for uh, sending Nunzio our way for a great interview. And guys, check him out. Remember, good old JR is the headliner, so you want to go in, check him out. I'm sure he's got great stories. I hear nothing but great things about good old JR and his autograph signings. So go check it out. Also coming up soon, be on the lookout for a two-parter special edition of the Sports Frenzy Sold Out Podcast. It's going to be the WrestleMania Supercard. So Tom Kakoza and Dan Iskro from the Audio Dungeon Show will be coming back to join us, and we will be giving you what we think would be our perfect WrestleMania card. There's some rules involved there. We can't pick more than one match from any specific WrestleMania. So, for example, WrestleMania 30, we could only pick one match from that. You can't have any title show up more than once on the card. So, the WWE title, for example, can only be defended once. And we can't have a superstar appear more than once. So, sorry, Shawn Michaels being in every single match will not happen. It's an exciting two-parter coming soon. It'll be online in the next few days. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. We got the refugees, all stars, rubber dubbing in the club. Y Clef, John, John Forte, Roswell. Now I mean the streets are getting a little crazy. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at here. Look at Shorty got back. Should I ask him for a dance? Hold on, there's too many in the world.